0: Hello and welcome to Extra Time on Manoruma's weekly football podcast with me, Kannan. And me, Arun George. We continue with our FIFA World Cup special podcast series. A tense game of football is one thing, but a nail-biting penalty shootout is a different ball game altogether. In this episode, we will talk about penalty shootouts. As you know, penalty shootouts are the tiebreakers at the end of the 120 minutes of punishing football that not only demands extreme levels of concentration and skills, but a great deal of luck too.
1: Exactly. And Colonel, this World Cup in Qatar that's ongoing has already produced some memorable penalty shootouts. In fact, until the time of recording, which is by the semi-final stage that we are right now, this World Cup has already produced four penalty shootouts, which is the joint most in World Cup history. Yeah,
0: in uh, 1990 and 2006, there were also four penalty shootouts. Correct. If you look at the recent history of the last three World Cup, starting with uh, 2014, they all have four penalty shootouts in the knockout stages. Correct.
1: Yes, and so uh, this World Cup could actually create history in that regard, right? I mean, so there are four matches remaining, I mean, as we are doing this, which is like the two semifinals and then the final and the match for the third place playoffs. So we could really have more penalty shootouts, I believe.
0: So uh, what is it that makes penalty shootouts in the World Cup specifically more special? Why are the uh, penalty shootouts such a nerve-wracking events? These are some of the questions that come up when we talk about penalty shootouts. The other question is: Is there any secret behind successful penalty shootout or is it all down to sheer luck? Why are some of the teams that are known or believed to have quality strikers fail? As we have seen with England and Brazil, though England did not go into uh, the penalty shootout, but Harrigan uh, missed the penalty. But they
1: have a history of. A they have,
0: have a, yeah, they have a history of missing penalty shootouts and missing penalties at the crucial moment. Brazil went out. So, what is that? It is is it sheer luck? Is it the pressure? Uh, yeah. So we'll be analysing all these questions and uh, specifically all the fold shootouts that have happened in the Qatar World Cup till the semi-final stage.
1: That's right, Colonel. And see, I was just reading something. And uh, so a couple of years ago, Dr. Martina Navarro of the University of Portsmouth in England, you know, she published a study on how to take a perfect penalty kick. You now she says that there are two methods or approaches to a penalty kick, you know, One is a goalkeeper independent approach, and the other is naturally the goalkeeper dependent approach. So, uh, to elaborate on that, in a goalkeeper independent method, the penalty taker will have decided on which way he or she will shoot and uh, which corner uh, he or she will pick, and uh, regardless of what the goalkeeper does. But in the other case, which is the goalkeeper dependent one, the penalty taker will wait for the last moment till the goalkeeper if he can say, shall we say, blinks, or probably like he makes a a slight movement to one side and then decide, pick a spot. So there are these two kinds of methods. Both of these methods have its merits and demerits. And
0: okay, one of the other studies that Economist, the magazine did, was in 2018. It is not very conclusive, but what they have concluded in the data study is that if you win the toss, shoot first and shoot to the extreme ends of the, or top ends of the goalpost. It's not a conclusive uh, study, but that's what they have analyzed if you look at the data points that they received. Okay, continue with what he said. We are going to uh, look at both these methods in every shootout that happened till the semi final stage. So we have rewatched all the penalty shootouts in Qatar, starting with the pre quarter finals matches between uh, Croatia and Japan and the one between Morocco and Spain then uh, we proceeded to the shootouts in the quarterfinal matches between uh, Croatia and Brazil and Argentina and the Netherlands.
1: Exactly. And a very interesting thing that caught our attention while we just re-watched these uh, four crucial penalty shootouts is that almost all the penalty takers who succeeded in scoring in this World Cup followed the goalkeeper independent method, which is like they did not like, you know, look into the goalkeeper's eye or they they didn't wait for the goalkeeper to fumble before they took a shot. They had already decided on which corner to shoot and uh, what height to pick. But the ones that actually hesitated before hitting a target, they were the ones we found, you know, who more frequently failed in scoring. So there was one another thing that stood out, which is that we will get to that part later in our podcast, which is in fact about mind games. And uh, the Argentina-Netherlands match was a clear example of how these little tricks that opposition players, you know, especially the goalkeepers play, that can prove so vital in the shootout. So, as I said, you know, we'll get to that part later in the podcast. But let's first start with the first penalty shootout in Qatar, that, that which, as Kanan said, was the pre quarterfinal final between Croatia and Japan. Now, this shootout was a classic case of penalty takers who had premeditated their shots of such shooters, you know, succeeding while the ones that hesitated, more or less faltering. So first up, you know, I'll just go with how it happened, the event. Now, you might have, of course, you would have watched it, but I'm just trying to recollect it. Uh, The first penalty taker who stepped up was Nikola Vlasic of Croatia, who is known to take really solid penalties. Now, when he stepped up, what he did, what he did not hesitate. He came with a clear plan and he just hammered the ball into the top left corner. Now there is a solid penalties to start any penalty shootouts, to be frank. Now that what happened was that turned the pressure up on Japanese penalty taker, whoever it was stepping up. And in this case, it was Minamino. And guess what? He hesitated a bit just before taking the shot. And, <laughs> and naturally it was saved by Levakovich, the, the brilliant goalkeeper. Now Croatia have the advantage, but what do they do next? Because they're leading 1-0 now. It is at that point that Croatia sees that moment, you know, Brozovic is the next penalty taker. And what he does, he hits it down the middle.
0: Yeah, that was a smart move to do because uh, Japanese goalkeeper Shuichi Gunda were, had showed in the first penalty that he is someone who likes to uh, gamble by picking a side. So uh, uh, so the safest option was down the middle, basically. Correct. Yeah. And, and uh, Croatia took a 2-0 lead. Yeah. Now, we have to also give credit to Croatia's goalkeeper, Dominic Livakovic because uh, he saved three Japanese kicks. He was the hero of that shootout. But I think it was uh, Maradona who said that a goalkeeper is not expected to save uh, whereas a penalty taker is always expected to score. The, yeah. the pressure basically is on the striker, Great. not on the goalkeeper. So even if a goalkeeper doesn't save a single penalty in the shootout and even if it's, uh, his team loses, it's his teammate that missed the kick who takes the blink, not the goalkeeper. Great. So in that case, the goalkeepers act more freely when it comes to shoot shootout. Right. That's it. We have to credit the goalkeepers, Levikovich of Croatia, Yasin Bono of Morocco, because they were simply incredible under the bar.
1: That's right. And before we head into Morocco's brilliant shootout win over Spain, you know, which involved uh, the, the terrific Yasin Bono, as Kanan said, you know, let's look into Croatia's quarterfinal match against Brazil. I'm talking about the quarterfinal penalty shootout against Brazil. And this shootout, Croatia's approach needs a very special mention because we have seen already that Croatia took a penalty shootout against Japan in the pre-quarter And in the very next round, they get into another penalty shootout. So they need to mix things up. They need to try something different from what they did in the first penalty shootout because they already showed the world what they're capable of or what are the tricks up their sleeve. But at this point, Let's just take a look at how things panned out in this penalty shootout. Just like against Japan, it is Nikola Vlasic who is their best penalty taker who steps up to take the first kick. Now, if you remember, Vlasic, when he uh, took the kick against Japan, he aimed for for the top left corner, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, guess what? Uh, Brazil's goalkeeper, Alison Becker, who is a terrific goalkeeper uh, of Liverpool, in fact, and he dived in the exact same direction. But this time Vlasic didn't go for that direction. He went down the middle. Now that's a very smart thing to do because Croatia, of course, Croatia had a bit of luck there because uh, Brazil's first penalty taker. In you know, naturally, he came into pressure because Croatia had put them in the lead already. So Rodrigo stepped up and he took a very poor kick, I must say. Which was saved by Livakovich again. So that tilted the favor back. That gave Croatia, put Croatia in advantage. Just like against Japan, after they scored the first one. And after Japan missed, in this case, Brazil missed their kick. Croatia had to take that advantage. They seized that moment because it's all about, you know, when, like you say, I would talk about predators, when they smell blood, they go for it, go Mm. for the kill. That's what Croatia did at that exact time. And the next one, this time, was not Brozovic. He had been substituted out. So there was this guessing thing over there. You know, what is the next penalty taker, who is Meyer, who was the uh, substitute, what he was going to do now what he did is also very exciting because by this point goalkeeper Allison has proved that he is one who dives he's already dived so the safest spot was already going to be down the middle and that's exactly what Meyer did and croatia ended up scoring all the penalties and they beat brazil who succumbed to pressure so this very smart and, uh, and you know innovative thinking from croatia which in fact is not innovative in a say in a way because they had come with a clear plan of what to do They executed it properly and that was the secret of their success in those two penalty shootouts.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, what they did uh, basically was to break the pattern. They didn't go with the pattern that they won in the earlier matches, but uh, that was a plan and they stuck to the plan. Correct. Okay, so now let's discuss the earlier one, the 3-0 shootout victory of Morocco against Spain. Correct. As uh, Arun said. Bono made a hat to go saves for Morocco. Now, in this shootout, uh, before we talk how Moroccan penalty takers approach this pressure match, let's see how their goalkeeper, Bono, did. It's an interesting case study in itself because Bono has a totally different approach to Croatia's Liverkovich because Leverkovich is a goalkeeper who stands still on the line and observes the penalty taker till the possible uh, last moment before he picks uh, which side to jump. But Bono is different. He is a hustler, uh, so to say. So he makes this uh, wild, aggressive movements with his body and it's open enough to force the penalty taker to be distracted. So he's not standing still. He is either, you can see, we don't know whether he's going to the left or right. He's just moving. Is very fluid in that sense.
1: Now, I'm so happy that you mentioned that word uh, distraction. You know, uh, distraction is a, is a very key word when it comes to penalty shootouts. Because that brings us to Emiliano Martinez, the mercurial goalkeeper of Argentina, who was the hero of their quarterfinal penalty shootout win over Netherlands. You know, by the way, I'm a Netherlands supporter, as said in this the previous World Cup podcast series. So that was a disappointment for me. But anyway, the point here is that Eir Gerdot, a professor of sports psychology in Norway, who specializes in analyzing penalties, you no know, he says that Martinez, Emiliano Martinez of Argentina, he is the world's number one penalty shootout disruptor. I mean, he has every trick up his sleeve, you know, verbal distraction, visual distraction, you know, every trick that, you know, that's enough to upset a penalty taker in front of him. So, I mean, if you take a look at the the context of the match that we are talking about, the quarterfinals of uh, Argentina against Netherlands, Argentina had, in fact, thrown away 2-0 lead, in fact, till about the 80th minute. And then they conceded twice. In fact, the second goal, the equalizer was conceded in the 100th minute of the match, you know, when the Dutch, you know, the one freaky right on the edge of the box, but instead of hammering it in or, or trying to hit the target, you know, right from the off, they did something very innovative. What Weghorst, uh, who had just come on and scored the the first goal, he got the equaliser with a it's a very little trick that they did, you know, which has been lauded a lot now. You know, that would have been uh, hailed as a masterstroke had Netherlands pulled off a win in the the penalty shootout. But so that is setting into which this penalty shootout emerged because Argentina never expected to lose that match. You know, from two 0 up till about eighty minutes. So the, the Netherlands were on top of the game, if I can say it, till when they went into the penalties because yeah, they, had, they actually,
0: had the momentum. They had the
1: right? momentum, even though they could have seized it in the extra time, which is another thing. But anyway, they still had that momentum. So someone had to do some kind of tricks to uh, you know, tilt that advantage in favor of Argentina. And it was the um, uh, Emiliano Martinez, the goalkeeper, the right person for it.
0: Yeah, so with the start of it. So, right, it was Netherlands who won the toss and decided to take the first shot. Great. And uh, their captain, Virgil van Dijk, stepped up. So, Martinez is similar to Bono in his movements on the line. He makes this, um, as I said, the wild gyrations, wild body movements that that can be very distractive to the striker. So, uh, now... Here is uh, that uh, Evergreen saying, fortune favours the brave, uh, becomes relevant. Van Dijk's kick was a decent one. Correct. But Martinez dived and dived the right way and uh, saved it. Yes. Martinez then goes behind the goal and celebrates with the fans. Now, imagine had Van Dijk scored that penalty, maybe we would have had witnessed a different series altogether.
1: Exactly. And see, that's the the point. He he clearly mentioned that, you know, he had taken a very good kick. In fact, it wasn't low. It wasn't down the middle or in the sense like within reach of the goalkeeper. It was, in fact, you know, probably it was in a comfortable height and you could always argue that. But still, it was a good penalty kick to start a penalty shootout. But as you said, you know, luck favoured there, played a part in that and Martinez saved it. Now, but the whole point is Argentina got the advantage from that very moment. No, because then their first penalty taker, who in this case was Lionel Messi. No, he did not come under pressure. Of course, Messi is someone who thrives under pressure, which is another thing altogether. But we normally never see uh someone like Lionel Messi or the best penalty takers in a team step up earlier. You know, I mean like we saw against Brazil, you know, Neymar did not take a penalty because he was reserved for the last, but they didn't have to till reach that point, you know, because they were done by then. But in this case, because Netherlands captain stepped up, Messi took the responsibility on himself and stepped forward to take the first kick. And because Netherlands had missed it, if you just take a look at how a pattern that we have been following in this penalty shootouts in this World Cup against uh, in Croatia, Japan, the first uh, penalty taker scored and that put the pressure on the second one.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, it, it was happen- it happened the same in in the case of the Morocco-Spain match. Yeah. In this case, the, there was a reversal because the first penalty taker had missed so the one coming second which in this case is Messi he didn't have the same pressure because of course he wants to score but even if he misses it's still going to be 0-0 zero, zero. Yes. Uh, are still going to start from over but what happened was <laughs> the very interesting thing that happened is that you know The Netherlands goalkeeper, because we talked about, we are talking about mind games, the relevance of mind games. Emiliano Martinez, we saw what he did with his little mind games and cheeky celebration behind the goal. Now, Netherlands goalkeeper Norbert, he did not stay silent either. He too tried some little mind games. What he did was, he took the ball up when Messi was coming to take the kick. He just extended his hand as if like giving it to him. When when Messi reached out, he just dropped the ball. Now, That's that's a a little trick, you know, but... He was not as animated as Martinez was. You know, he, his, his body language lacked that aggression, if you could say. So, you know, Martinez has his body language, with shays like, you know, I'll just eat you up alive. You know, in fact, I think he said the same thing, you know, I don't know Spanish, but I think uh, there were a lot of translations that came up in social media. Which, said that, which is one of the things that he's told one of the penalty takers of Netherlands. So from that point, when Argentina scored and Messi put Argentina in advantage, in the sense like they were in the driving seat, So it is this little trick, uh, the mind game, that actually did
0: that. Okay, so now, there was a little, till a long way to go and uh, for the end of the match or to decide who the winner was. And the second penalty from the Netherlands is also interesting, in this series, continuing that series. Now, Martinez continues with his mind games again. This time, he takes the ball and uh, pretends to give it to Berges, who was walking towards the sport. On the outside, this was very innocuous. In fact, a, a kind of a generous move <laughs> from the pressure situation that we were all there. And uh, like the opposition goalkeeper did, what Nopur did to Messi in the previous kick, Martinez played the same mind game. I mean, Berges appears calm and uh, was about to take the ball, then he drops, Martinez drops. Uh, as Berges, uh looked very calm, he actually had a smile on his face knowing that I know the kind of dirty tricks that you are playing. But it probably did have some impact on him, because it worked in Martinez' uh, way, because the the he uh, the striker took the uh, kick and he died correctly. Again, luck would have uh, would have had a part in it, but then uh, that dirty mind game might also have worked in his favor, in Martinez' favor. Yeah. So the second penalty, uh, Netherlands' second penalty too, uh, was saved.
1: Right, and. Uh- I think I, I don't recollect where I read it, but it's being said that you know whenever the an element of distraction involved, you know it kind of diminishes the chance of a uh, succeed. The, the penalty takers' chance of succeeding in that kick, you know, by about ten percent. You know, so I mean I, I don't know how they come up with those numbers, but in this case, it clearly worked in favor of Argentina. Now. Argentina. You know, we don't want to just waste your time. You know, just going through all the the penalty kicks that took place in that. You know, Argentina won that shootout four three. But the larger picture here is that uh, the importance of mind games. How mind games of a goalkeeper or someone who is a master of distraction like uh, Emiliano Martinez of Argentina that helps a team in in a shootout. You know, now this distraction technique is not something new, especially when it comes to World Cup shootout. In fact. It is funny that the Netherlands, who lost in this shootout, they played a very ingenious distraction technique in 2014, the 2014 World Cup, you know, in in, in the quarterfinals against Costa Rica.
0: Yeah, point to remember is that the uh, same manager, Louis van Hal, was the manager then too, <laughs> in 2014 World Cup.
1: Exactly. I mean, in fact, in that World Cup, you know, they lost in a shootout to the Netherlands, Argentina again in the semifinals, this time it was in the quarterfinals, but what he did in the quarterfinal shootout in 2014 was very incredible and I mean it's a very ingenious move. You know, what he did, he substituted a goalkeeper right at the end of extra time. That was unheard of because now the interesting thing is that that whole thing was a bluff because it was an elaborate bluff, you know, but the timing of it, you know, because when you substitute a goalkeeper in, what does it imply? You know, it gives a feeling that, you know, the guy who's coming in is probably a very specialist in this thing. You know, He knows the thing. He knows every trick a lot more about the opponent's than the one who was playing that match.
0: Oh, probably have taken 1,000 shootouts <laughs> earlier.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> saved a lot of penalty kicks. <laughs> yeah. So, Jasper Sillison was the goalkeeper who had started the match and uh, he was substituted off and Tim Krul came up in place of him. So, I remember the commentary at the end. I still remember it very well. Uh, the commentary that came after when the Netherlands won the shootout. Like, Krull does it for uh, Netherlands and a cruel ending for Costa Rica is what the, the comedy does said. But the funny thing here is that Tim Kroll, as, as said said, is not a penalty specialist. In fact, Netherlands had a third goalkeeper on the bench, Michel Worm, who in fact had a better penalty saving record than Kroll's. But the whole thing is, this is psychology. You know, it was a marvelous distraction technique that worked in their favor. He ended up Saying two penalties in that shootout.
0: So we can sum up, as we have seen that uh, the many details that uh, we discussed, that uh, I think we can say that uh, when it comes to a successful penalty shootout, the ones who scored were invariably the ones that did not change their mind in the last moment yeah. and were not bothered by the antics of the goalkeeper. And so, um, yeah, as it always happens with sport, luck also plays a big role in it.
1: Exactly. So See, penalty shootouts in big events like the World Cups, you know, they always make up, you know, a story in itself. You know, we still talk about Roberto Baggio's, you know, 1994 penalty shootout miss, the crucial penalty miss. Because from what we have discussed or talked about throughout this podcast, it seems that the secret to a successful penalty shootout is quite simple. (laughs) I mean, in theory, it's very simple. You you just, uh, the penalty taker has to have a clear plan He has to have already practiced a great deal and he should not change his mind at the last moment. He should have a premeditated shot and should not be distracted by whatever antics the goalkeeper does. And when it comes to the goalkeepers, it's the opposite because they have to do any kind of distractions. It could be verbal, it could be visual, anything that puts off the penalty taker. So in theory, it's a very simple trick to how to succeed in a penalty shootout. But like uh, the Dutch coach, Louis Van Gaal, said, you could practice a penalty shootout a thousand times. In fact, they said, you know, they, uh, the Netherlands, they, they succeeded, they successfully practiced a lot of penalty kicks. But you can never practice pressure. So when the pressure goes up, maybe all this theory that we just put out over here, it will prove insufficient, probably. Yeah, so-
0: probably that, uh, that also tells you why Spain uh, very famously said that uh, we practiced 1,000 sport kicks while the squad was forming. That didn't work. Probably uh, <laughs> They didn't even score uh, once. They didn't even score once. They uh, actually started the campaign with the, the huge number, win or something. Then uh, fizzled up. The campaign, by the end of it, um, came a cropper. So, uh, yeah, the pressure is something that you cannot imagine. 40,000 people screaming either for you or against you, both can create a pressure. Maybe even a simple whistling from a section of the crowd could jostle you out (laughs) of your comfort zone. And in fact,
1: when you talk about Spain, I I just have to just wrap things up before we wrap things up. You know, I just remember, you know, Cesc Fabregas of Spain, you know, the World Cup winner with Spain, you know, he was a good penalty taker. And I remember him saying that, you know, the, the pressure that comes with a penalty shootout, unlike a, a penalty that happens in a normal game, is that in a normal game, you win a penalty in the box and you are standing there and you probably, you need someone to protect you before you take it. But in shootout, you have that long walk from the midway, from the halfway line. The whole world is watching. You know everyone is watching you. All eyes are on you. And that moment, that little walk, you know, it seems like a, a what, a 50-yard walk, but that seems like an eternity. And by the time anyone who is so determined, by the time you arise at the spot, you know their mind will be jostling you know will, a lot of things will be in there going through their minds. So yeah. The pressure thing is not something we can plan for.
0: Yeah. So those who are in the zone, maybe they're able to take the pressure best. And those who practice more can probably take the pressure most. So like the egg and uh, chicken thing, what comes first? We don't know. But you practice, practice to the perfection. And probably that will help you undermine the pressure factor when it comes to the crunch situation. Exactly. So that brings us to the end of this episode on the sacred ingredients for a successful Penalty shootout. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we have enjoyed making it. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OnManorama. For more views, news, and analysis, visit OnManorama.com.